G'day audiophiles and welcome to this bonus edition of the Sirens of Audio. I'm Dwayne. Recently Philip and I had the chance to speak with Peter Angelides when we were talking to him about our Sarah Jane Smith feature and we took the opportunity while we had him just to get a bit of a catch-up on his series The Worlds of Blake Seven. Currently we're in the middle, well at the end of a release schedule of a trilogy of Blake Seven stories uh, along a similar theme. The first one early this year was called Heroes and Villains. Uh, in November, we had a set called After the War. And this month, we have Allies and Enemies. So we got a quick update from Peter on these stories, uh, what the future may hold as well. So before we get into the brief chat, I will throw in a trailer for After the War. And we'll be back, uh, both Philip and I, with Peter Angelides. The war, the loss of Star One, everything's a complete shambles. The Federation has failed. The human race has failed. I'm an outlaw, a traitor. Why did you leave? You assume I had a choice. What about you? What do you believe in? Survival. From Big Finish Productions, the worlds of Blake Seven, after the war. You're a shape changer, an alien. 600 ships, all that was left of the Andromeda Collective, carrying gene banks and all the weapons we could salvage. The survival of our race depends on us finding compatible beings in this galaxy. Human beings. I'm human, you're human. We're on the same side, the only side that matters now. Well, my dear, you've had a lucky escape. We almost dismissed your life capsule of space debris. Jonah? I'm trapped, Callie. Help me. Callie. And you're a telepath. Of course. How else could I anticipate your needs? You're not Aronar. You're human, am I right? Humans don't have telepathy. Believe me, I know. You're the alien. She's a shapeshifter from the next door galaxy. Big finish for the love of stories. She was in pain. I caused that pain, me and my friends on the Liberator. Maybe it doesn't deserve that name. Peter, thanks for joining us again, and we're just going to have a quick catch-up on some of the Blake's Seven material that's coming out. Uh, this month in November, there's the new box set coming out after the war. Um, what, what can you tell us to expect in terms of this box set? Ah, well, with After the War, I, I quite like the idea of doing something which was linked in with, uh, with that, uh, the very start of the series that doesn't end, but, you know, perversely having Jenna in, in some of the stories. Um, I'd written Warship uh, years ago, as a, a connection between uh, what happens at the end of Star One to what happens uh, by the beginning of, of Aftermath. Uh, and that was the first full cast audio that the uh, seven. We'd experimented with various bits and pieces with uh, with Liberator Chronicles, but this was the first one where we had all of the cast pretty much available and, and involved. So I, I was quite interested in, in working out what happens next 
and exploring a little bit more about the um, the the aliens that we only see briefly uh, in Star Innovation for doing this set. And then I thought, well, why don't we connect that with the, the different ways in which the, the aliens might have responded after the war, uh, picking up on various hints that are happening in the in in the TV series uh, and being as consistent as you can, given that the television continuity is a bit garbled on that point. I also quite like the idea of having something called After the War and featuring Travis, who, after all, definitively dies at the end of Star One. Uh, that's what I was going to say. I was, I, he's on the cover. What's he doing on the cover? <laughs> Can you tell us? Or that's, good, that's, good, that's part of the No, uh, that'd spoil it. <laughs> well, there might be an easy reason why he's there. You, you realise very promptly in the first episode what's going on. Yes. And it's not a clone. No, we've already got a, we've got another clone of um, Travis running around. We don't need another one. And once again, <laughs> it, it's a, yeah, uh, a great convention. <laughs> <laughs> a really great and diverse cast. It's a large cast you've got um, across these three stories. Um, what, what are you most proud about with this, this set? I like the way they tie together um, as a set of stories, because that's something that came a little bit later on in the commissioning process. And in the past, we've been able to have uh, a character like Hinton, for example, uh, be uh, reappear across uh, not just one box set but a series of box sets played by the same actor. Um, in that case, Abigail Thor. And I quite like the idea of having a continuum, uh, but not have the same actor. And of course, having shape shifting aliens gives you the opportunity to do that in a slightly unusual way. So that should be a bit of fun for for this set. Excellent. Actually, we've just got a clue to a question we asked before, which I hadn't thought about. So that's great. So really looking forward to that. Uh, then next month, you've got another box set coming out, Allies and Enemies. Um, anything you can tell us about this without spoiling too much? Allies and Enemies is the story of Arlen. So I called it Alan, Allies and Enemies just because it's more inclusive of all of the other actors who appear. Um, the temptation was to call it Arlen, uh, you know, like we called one of the previous sets, Avalon. But I thought that might do more of a disservice to some of the other actors who appear in it. But it is the story of Arlen and how she got to where she was by the time we saw her in that final episode of the television series. Um, so I'd always have that in mind as a, as a possibility, looking at how we can make best use of characters who had appeared in Chris Boucher scripts. And I saw an interview in, um, where is it? Oh, this um, this charity annual here um, that, um, that Sasha Mitchell had done. Uh, and she was asked by the interviewer, her uh, seven um, audios that Big Finish do, and would you appear in it? And she said words to the effect of, oh yeah, I bite their hand off. So uh, I, I put my hand forward and, and offered her the, the chance to, to do this. And uh, she was very pleased. So on that basis, I was then able to commission three scripts. You always want, if you can, to um, uh, to honour the original performance by having the original actor play the role. Um, had she been unavailable or not interested, I'd have given serious consideration to you know whether I would recast. Um, now, in some of our other episodes, that's been necessary because um, uh, you know we're unfortunately or uh, played Dorian or Shrinker. But, you know, they're just not around anymore. Um, whereas um, with Sasha being available, she was obviously the first uh, first port of call. And uh, I had a lovely phone call with her about what we wanted to try and do. 
uh, commissioned the scripts, and she is just terrific. It's lovely to hear her explore more in these three stories. Yeah, but that last story in that fourth season is very complex. Lots happening, lots of characters, and yet she still makes a strong mark. So I'm, I'm fascinated to know what's going on. Now, in the mail this week arrived for me the um, first hardback book, The Rule of Death. Um, you, three, of your, yes. three of the audio books are now being released in hardback. Yeah, fantastic. Which is just brilliant because I I love books and I love these hardbacks. Why was this... I mean, it, it smells terrific as it well. It does smell good. <laughs> I, should, I should be holding mine. Mine's on another desk at the moment. Um, why was the decision taken to do some printing? And is that... Yeah, obviously, you must be financially viable. Oh, well, yeah, and, and, you know, there was interest in it. And they all tie together as well. You know, they are three novels which were written to tie into the um, the um, uh, the Worlds of Blake Seven um, audios that I'd uh, been script editing and producing. So uh, I just like the idea of being able to um, make these available physically as well and uh, to um, to make them a, a trilogy of three to, to go in with the set. It, it's not been as straightforward as just taking the uh, the original script and sticking it into a printed form either, because when you write, um, you're not you're not terribly worried about things like layout or even spelling or punctuation or grammar. And those, those it sounds like all rather rather trivial things. You're thinking about what makes this uh, audio book performable. So we needed to have a think about you know how we're going to do the layout. Uh, you know, it's, they're not substantially different from. The, um, the original audio books, not least because I imagine some people will be play, playing the audio book while, you know, while looking at the, the the physical book. I always remember going to the the Royal Shakespeare Company in Stratford um, and seeing some of the real Shakespeare things at the back with, with their copy you know, of the Arden Shakespeare out, following along as the actors on stage were, were performing and presumably tutting when they came to a bit that had been cut out or swapped around or or whatever so um i sort of had that in mind as we were commissioning these books you know not to do something which was a change or a rewrite but just to make sure it accommodated the uh, the needs of a, of, of a physical form and to make it look really good as well so um uh, mark plaster had done a fantastic job uh, on these uh, on these uh, on these lovely covers the covers are lovely because they just feel good too the, the actual cover and the books yeah. feel there's a certain lightness to them all, and yeah, I was, I was, yeah, I must have been when it came in the mail. I was very excited. Um, who actually, who did the editing jobs of of um, those novels? Did you edit them all? I did. Yes. Oh, I don't. I nothing else. I don't think has been announced yet that you can talk about. That's why I need you to wait for a couple of months and have a chat with me then. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Well, we'll talk to you in a couple of months' time when you can talk some more about. Some... I'm sorry, that sounds that sounds terribly, terribly demanding of me. Make <laughs> sure you talk to me in a couple. Come across no, no, quite no. like that, but, but you know, we we well, on the, you know we we, we can't um, <laughs> we can't imply we're doing stuff until we've got permission to uh, to do and announce stuff. Um, what I want to suggest to suggest is we know we haven't come to the end of the line on stuff. Um, but on the other hand, only when we've got uh, various and um, announcements gone out and approved and so on can we, can we talk about it. And I, and I know you're both such enthusiasts for the series that I'm very happy to talk to you about stuff when I when I can. Yeah, well, yes. I mean, well, that's, yeah. a, that's a question. How many ideas do you have? For, uh, have we got... Well, have, 
got years to go or uh, what? <clears throat> what, you, what you start with is, you know, what, what, what interests me about the series? Um, uh, what are the opportunities? And, you know, what are the constraints? Um, so, for example, if you've heard the, um, the trailer for um, Allies and Enemies, you will know it is uh, saying things like, um, oh, so you're Roger Blake. Now, you know that we don't have Gareth Thomas available. Um, so part of the fun is to say, what, what can we do to play with that idea of Blake and that character of Blake in a, in a new and interesting, which um, is, an, it was, is a good story to tell, but also honours the memory of the original series and the actor. So that that's the sort of so what you do is you, you turn a constraint into an opportunity, and that after all is the whole basis for the worlds of Blake Seven set. We know that unhappily we don't have all actors uh, available. There are some where, for example, with Dana, uh, we've recast because the the actor originally in the role wouldn't doesn't want to do it anymore. We we've obviously recast uh, uh, slave slave. We've obviously Zen, recast Ulrak uh, and Zen, uh, and that's partly because because Alistair had done those roles previously for uh, B Seven Media. Um, so, and and also it's it's a, it's been a, been a while since since Peter Tudnam was around. But you know, uh, I I don't envisage suddenly recasting um, Avon or Serverland, for example, because yep. um, a bit too soon and. Um, on the other hand, we we know that Big Finish have elsewhere recast uh, the first and the second and the third Doctor, and they've had other people playing the uh, the eleventh and twelfth. Uh, and I think also didn't Jacob on the tenth. Yeah, anyway, the, the point being that you know, yeah. there, there are ways there are ways in which you can do interesting things like that. But on the other hand, with Blake Seven. It's uh, slightly less straightforward. You want to honour the original series. So the constraints of not having all of the original cast around is something we've turned into uh, an opportunity in week seven and saying, well, I wonder what happened to Jenna after she left the Liberator. You know, well, I wonder what happened to Callie before she first met Blake. Um, so that, that kind of stuff. Mm. Yeah, no, that was a done... long answer to a straightforward question, wasn't it? I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, I mean, you've done a really great job. And, and just a little bit of meat, because <laughs> I think Villa meets... Jenna briefly on in the um yes yeah you've, you've got to, you've got to sort of shy, shy away too much from your sort of fanish instincts uh to you know to to have all sorts of absurd things happening yeah well, um, it's, it's, it's done quite naturally it works well I think, I think it's you know, lovely that you can you know technically they don't meet again well you know as far as the tv knows they don't meet again but to actually have a story where they're both in interacting without knowing it's interacting and then they have a very brief meeting it just sort of it was nice it was a yeah just a nice nod to the past and giving the actors a good choice it's really quite the story arlen the federation officer gunned down by one of blake's people and officially listed as dead i very nearly died blake's people shot you don't you want revenge from big finish productions the worlds of Blake Seven, allies and enemies. These people are my friends and comrades. They're fighting for their lives and for the freedom of everyone on this planet. You're not even human and yet they trust you. I proved that I can be trusted. 
May I know what my mission is, Major? To infiltrate the rebels, of course, and destroy all resistance to the Federation presence on Saurian Major. You think I'm a soldier? I know you're a soldier. You're a Federation officer. We always look out for our own. You're looking for somebody. Old schools to settle? I know from experience not to believe anyone is dead unless I've seen the body. You look like you've seen a ghost. A ghost with an eye patch. I was informed you were dead. Sorry to disappoint you. You think I know where to find Blake? You think he's still alive? Well, I'm convinced of it. He's somewhere out there, in hiding. What's Blake to you? Whoever captures Blake will be untouchable. After Star One was destroyed, the Liberator was badly damaged. We, we got into life support capsules. I found Blake's capsule later. Crashed. He, he was inside it. You're Rog Blake. So you've some ingenious plan to turn the tables on them. My, my. The notorious Rog Blake. Look at me. The state of me. And look at you. What good has fighting done either one of us? Big finish. For the love of stories. You don't know what's coming. You don't want to know. Trust me, when the shooting starts, you don't want to be anywhere near. <laughs>